Hey family, this is Pastor Stefan with Activate Ministries, and thank you for tuning in to the Activate Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you and ultimately gets you closer to where God wants you to be. So let's get into this message.
their guard when the serpent approached. They had no reason to suspect that he had any ill intentions because they had no knowledge of evil. And so when I when I think about that, you know, like what how, how would they have known not to be vigilant and, and to protect themselves from the attempt and the attack of the enemy if they had no knowledge of evil? And then it goes back to the fact that God gave them an instruction. Had they obeyed God's instruction, they would have been protected from any attempt of the enemy. So it doesn't matter if they knew, if they were able to discern that he had ill intentions of it. Had they just stayed obedient to God's word, they would have been protected. And that word is for somebody here. You're not always going to know what the enemy is up to. You're not always going to know who's the shady person in your life. You're not always going to know who's plotting against you, who has ill will towards you. But you will always know God's word concerning your life. And as you obey God's word, that is the ultimate protection over anything that the enemy tries to bring your way. Amen. The Bible tells us in Isaiah that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That doesn't mean that no weapon will be formed. It means that as those weapons are formed against you, they will not prosper. And guess who that word is for? It's not for everybody. It's for God's chosen people of Israel who are obeying the covenant. So I say it all the time. God has a promise, but it's for specific people. For those that are obedient to me, says God, weapons that are formed against you shall not prosper. So the ultimate protection over your life is obedience to God's word. Amen. So then he gave us dominion over all life. And when it says all life, it's, it, it's speaking to the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the beasts, the, the cattle, the things that scurry along the earth. He gave us dominion over that. Then he gave us his blessing and his instruction. He said, fill the earth and subdue it. Put us in position to ultimately tend to the thing that he already blessed for us to continue to have eternal provision. That's the other thing he gave us. He gave us fruit and and seed-bearing trees and plants that produce and reproduce on their own. All we had to do was tend to it. He had us doing likewise. Likewise. Right? And then he said, after you have your fruit and your vegetables, the grass and the remaining plant producers will be the earth. So we were set up in paradise. We were set up to live in pleasure party. We were set up with everything we, we could ever want. We were naked, unashamed, running around, commando in the spirit, amen. We had everything we could possibly want. The, the, the environment was amazing. Uh, Eden was, was beautiful. It had gold and onyx and all these amazing things. It was the perfect setup. It was paradise. This was God's original intention. And so we highlighted the fact that God is good because in the world that we live in now, it isn't as beautiful as God's original intention. The world we live in now is the result of disobedience. Because God told us, if you eat from this tree, you are sure to die. So death wasn't even a part of the equation. We, we had glorified bodies and we were to spend eternity with God in this place of paradise. So death was not even a part of the equation. But as a result of, 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 of disobedience, sin became inherent in us. So sin is anything that opposes God's will. 
so we were born inclined to rebellion and rebellion. That's why it's so hard for us to not cut in half. It's so hard for us to not clap back when somebody talks crazy because we're inclined to respond from the gut. We're inclined to not follow God entirely, right? Something else that came from 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 this. Um, we have a, a, a tendency to rebel against God and to operate from a place of mourning around God. And so we talk about why bad things happen to good people if God is good, right? Because that's something that always comes up. If God is good, then you won't lie. If you don't believe in God, you're stuck because you're, you're, you're focusing in on reasons not to and not really seeing the reasons to believe. You're zooming in on every reason not to, but not looking at the big picture as to why you should believe, because the evidence is everywhere. But to address this one question, why good things, why bad things happen to good people, it's the result of sin and that God created us to have free will. So when God created us in his image and in his likeness, he created us to be creative. God has the ability to speak a thing and it becomes. He has the ability to imagine a thing and then go back and produce it. He said, let there be light and there was light, but he didn't create the sun and the moon until Moses the prophet. So just like you, you have the ability to envision a thing and then go out and get it. You have the ability to create a song and then go write it. You have the ability to create a script, create a show, and then have it produced. So God wanted us and wants us still to operate from a place of creativity because that is how he operates. Enter sin into the equation. Now you have people with the ability to create from an evil place. And so just like I can freely submit myself to my wife and leverage my free will to be faithful to her, I have a choice to leverage that same free will and go out and cheat. Now, I haven't done it and won't do it. Amen? That's my main thing, my girl on the side, my midnight grande juice, huh? Everything. But some people leverage their free will to do evil. And if God stepped in front of every person that had an intention to do evil every time they went to do it, he would be compromising the integrity of his creation. But just like he didn't step in front of me when I wanted to do a whole bunch of things and I actually did those things in my past, he won't step in front of somebody that's trying to be an astronaut. Not every time. Because they have free will too. Now, he will not be mocked and you will harvest what you plant. So nobody's getting away with anything. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. But for us, we have to understand that God is good because his original intention didn't include any of this. There was no pain. There was not even any death. There were no, you know, depression. There was no anxiety. There was no pain. There was no fear. There was no cancer. There was no autism. There was no any mental health issues. There was none of that. All we had was a perfect environment and to be in God's presence and God was good. And God is good. And so what it boils down to is once sin entered the equation, 
physical death came. A spiritual separation from God came because Adam and Eve went and hid themselves from him. And that's what the result of sin is now. Whenever we disobey God, we distance ourselves from him because of shame. And that's what happened then. Then the result of that was suffering. Women are going to have to suffer through painful childbirth. Men are going to have to go get out the muck, right? We got to grind and work and sit on our ground as a woman. But we had it easy. We had life long before. So the good news is, because in this church, I've always wanted to have good news. I know y'all call me crafty D. I'm going to keep it real with you, but there's always good news. So the good news is, even from having to deal with the suffering that comes from sin and disobedience, even having to deal with broken relationships, right? Because Adam and Eve started beefing. God said, why did y'all eat the fruit? Adam said, hey, you sent me this girl. She did it. Eve said, nah, the serpent did it. So everybody's blaming everybody else. So now when, when, when we were created in perfect harmony, now everybody's blaming everyone and there's no accountability. And not only did we break off relationships between human beings, because of disobedience and sin, we altered the entire system that God had set up. So the grass and the plants that the animals were supposed to eat, now animals are eating each other. I should be able to have a pet lion right now. But because we threw everything off, that thing would bite my lawn. We threw the whole system off. So all of humanity, all of creation is now in dysfunction because of sin. So it's not because God is sitting on the throne laughing at all of the bad things that are happening. No, sin entered the equation, and as a result, things are jacked up. Y'all with me? So now, the good news is, even though Adam blew it, and he absolutely blew it, the first Adam, which is the one that God formed out of the ground and made a living person, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. So God has a plan of redemption, even though Adam blew it. He's been working to redeem us and get us back to this place of paradise for which we were created. And you see it all throughout the Bible. He did it with Noah. He went back and made a covenant with Abraham. He did it again with Moses. He did it again with David. And finally, he fulfilled the redemptive plan of restoration through Jesus. So the good news is, because God's redemptive plan for humanity has been fulfilled in Jesus, when we receive Jesus, we receive new life. The Bible tells us that Christ is a life-giving spirit. So when we receive him, we receive new life, hence the term born again. So as born again decided to accept Christ and follow him, we have new life. And that's the beginning of how we navigate this different world that we live in. Accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, confessing with our mouth that he is Lord, believing in our heart that God raised him from the dead. That's the very beginning of it, okay? Now from there, and that was only a recap, I'm just 
and we're finished with chapter three. This is just a continuation of last week's message. This is something that Christians need to talk to. A different way to worship. So Colossians chapter three, and then we'll look at verse four. So since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits on the throne of power. Think about that. Think about that. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. For you died to this earth, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed in her life, you will share in all his glory. So put to death sinful, earthly things lurking within you. We all got stuff lurking within us. Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. Paul is talking to church people. says, you used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Some translations read abusive language. Don't lie to each other. He's telling us how to conduct ourselves in the way of community, right? Don't lie to each other. For you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. It's not enough to just learn. It's not enough to just read your Bible. It's about learning more about your creator and becoming more like him. Amen. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all in all. And he lives in all of us. We brought up slavery last week, too. That's a big thing that comes up when people don't want to claim to not want to follow Christianity. I can't follow something that condones slavery. Go back to Genesis 1 and 2. That's God's original intention. If God did not say, let there be, it was not his intention. Everything that came after Genesis 2 is the result of sin and death. So God created us to have dominion over life, but as I said, that life was the fish, the birds, the animals, the sea creatures, the things that crawl along the earth. He didn't create us to have dominion over people. Man's heart and hatred of evil did that. Oppression was 
is not God's son. Far from it. God is good. Say God is good. All right. So, verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted love, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Come on. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. I just watched my wife sing. Sing it together with thankful hearts, right? Collectively. Verse 17, and whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Man, that word is good to me. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that even the things that spoken on this morning would resonate with everyone under the sound of my voice. You know exactly where they are. You know exactly what they need. You know exactly where they are, where they're hurt, and you're the only one that can solve what it is that they need solved. You're the only one that can heal what they need to be healed. So Lord, have your way. Help us anoint your words with an oil that anointing is not for me. Diminish me that you might be magnified, Lord God, in the present, and your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're living in a different world. And Paul gives us very specific instructions as to how we are to navigate today's world. Okay? The first thing he says is to set your sights on the realities of heaven. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. How do we do that? Because this is where we are, right? I've never seen heaven. How do I look towards heaven? And what he's saying is, because he gives us some examples, he says, this is the place where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then he says, you died to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. So even though we're operating in this life, this life is dead to us. Our real life is hidden in Christ with God. So as a believer, the life that really matters is hidden in Christ. I've submitted and surrendered my life to Christ, so therefore I already have a place of victory. This hit me differently in the last year. 
Because this life can be trash at times. This life can suck at times. And if we focus only on the things that we're going through in this life, there's nothing to be hopeful for. If anything, we're hopeful for us getting just on the other side of the struggle. Whew, I'm glad that bill got paid. Glad I didn't get evicted. Man, I'm glad that that thing happened. I'm glad I didn't lose that job. Whew, they offered this to me this time. I'm glad I got another day, another day, another dollar, right? We're always thinking short term when we're focusing on this life. And what Paul is saying is to rise up a little bit. It's not about this life. You died to this life. Brittish gave us an example recently, and because she shared a topic that I can share right now. She was talking about a therapy session where the, the therapist said, if you find yourself feeling anxious and you find yourself, you know, uh, depressed, envision yourself outside of that and then continue to scale out above the building, above the city, above the nation. And the wider your view becomes, the less pressure you feel. That's exactly what Paul is saying. He's saying that in this life, as we focus on our problems, we're too zoomed in. And when you're zoomed in on your problem, every problem is a giant. When you're zoomed in on it, every obstacle is a giant. So Paul is saying, zoom out. This life is but a vapor. Zoom out. Right now, this life is all you know, but zoom out. Another word for your life. Your real life is hidden in Christ. So I got a breakthrough personally as I was prepping for this message, right? I got three boys. One of them is on the spectrum. And my wife and I oftentimes find ourselves zoomed in on the thing that we're trying to get him through now. Oh, God, we just want him to sleep through the night. That's the goal. Oh, God, now we got to stay and, and post him outside the store so he doesn't go out and, and start rummaging through the kitchen. That's the thing. Okay, cool. That's, that's good. Next thing, we got to get him to start going to the bathroom because it's, cause it's, it's hot out, out, out this way. And then when, when that happens, whew, okay, God, if we're out of that, what's next? Okay, now we want him to talk, right? We believe in God that he's going to talk. We believe in God he's going to be able to fend for himself. He's going to go to college and drive and all this stuff. And then we're like, yo, zoom out. If my kid never talks, God is good. I'm 40 years old. That means I've probably lived at least a third of my life. If I make it to 120, which is the maximum age according to the scriptures, I'm going to die at 120 years old. I've only, only lived a third of my life. I have two-thirds left. I have 80 years left. So if I spend the next 80 years, oh, my God, I'm going to talk. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I am rotting my life away, worried about something that's not even a giant. This life is a vapor. 80 years compared to eternity is nothing. So when I look at life the way the word is instructing me to, I'm not looking and worried about this life. I'm focusing on what is promised. If I don't talk to my son at all for the next 80 years, I get to talk to him for eternity in heaven. If I'm struggling with something for a few years here, there's going to be no struggle with that thing in heaven. And so when we have a heavenly mindset, if we really call ourselves believers, if we really do believe that this life is a vapor, 
then we have to embrace the reality of heaven. That's called instability. So whatever it is that you're dealing with, I don't care what it is, that thing does not exist in heaven. There is no pain. There is no depression. There is no heartache. There is no stress. There is no anxiety. There is no addiction. There is no mental illness. There is no heart attacks and hypertension. There is none of the stuff that tends to keep us bogged down while we're here. So as believers, as those that have embraced new life and have already received it, let's raise our voice. And when you do that, something breaks off of you and you, you just feel a lot more freedom. You feel a lot short, and it's not telling you to ignore the realities of this life. You're just looking at it from a godly perspective. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to shift your paradigm so that you're seeing it from his perspective and you're zooming out from your limited perspective. Amen? The next thing he tells us to do is to have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, or evil desires. Ever heard of a cult that's always talking about gifts? Even in the early church, they were getting it in from Corinth to Ephesus to the Roman church. Everybody was freaky deaky. Fasting on Thursday, freaking on Friday. And so Paul is like, hey, have nothing to do with that. And I like to emphasize when he's talking to church people because church folk always try to talk to people outside the church. Nah, fam, Paul is talking to you. You freaky. (laughs) So he says, have nothing to do with it. And we have to die to it. And I think he continues to emphasize this because this is something that some Christians do as much as anybody else. Right? I wasn't around here while Michael Jordan. I'm going to share some of that with you. Now, by the grace of God, we walked the path of faith up until now. And by the grace of God, we were successful in doing that. And by the grace of God, we have a healthy connection now. And on Sunday, Ron was there. (laughs) But Paul is saying, do everything you can to die to that thing. And other scriptures are telling us that no other sin directly impacts the body more than that one. So he says, have nothing to do with it. Don't even think about it. If you got to stop walking on suicide, if you got to stop listening to certain things, I get that. You got to stop hanging out with certain people, stop hanging out with it. Have nothing to do with it. And I know it's possible because I made the transition. I had the transformation occur, and I could not do it without the presence of God constantly in my life. I had to die to the old things. I had to die to the clubs that I was going to. I had to die to the drinking every other day or every day like I used to. Yeah, I had to die to answering phone calls at 3 o'clock in the morning. I had to die to responding, are you up with Black Diana? I had to die to that stuff. And if I die to the way I respond to it, then the next thing that happens is I die to the sin. next thing he says is get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and abusive language. Some of you are harboring anger. And some of you are justified to be angry. 
scripture tells us to be angry, to sin not. We're not supposed to harbor anger, unforgiveness, right? We're not supposed to carry this rage and, and be always thinking about how we're going to respond or how we're going to get back from that. Vengeance is not a thought to mind. We're not supposed to be talking about people, slandering people, gossiping, right? We're not supposed to be doing that. He's saying get rid of that. Get rid of the, the, the way you talk to or about people. Change your language. Okay? We're new. We have new life, which means we have new language. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator. So this is an external thing. If you're putting on a new nature, that thing should be noticeable. A lot of us want to be saved in silence. I ain't gonna change. I, I sound good. I got a house. I'm straight popping. But your new nature is something that you put on with love. It's something that people should be able to recognize. You put it on. And you are becoming renewed as you learn to know your creator. How do you learn to know your creator? By spending time with him. By getting in your word. If anybody needs a physical Bible, right, I'm not talking, I'm not talking about like you and me can get those at Maxwell now. Everybody got a Bible? Okay, get in there. Because the Bible is the only book and part of the earth that is still So some things that I had written in that book, wait a minute, I, I'm not sure if this thing figured out, especially considering the things that have happened to other families and powerful positions from that book. And I said, let me go back and uh, rewrite some of this stuff, right? Because what we write sometimes is dead. doesn't change. It is dead. The word of God is Holy Spirit inspired which means it's alive. Every time you read it, it don't get something different to you. I've been reading the Bible since I was forced to do so at Parkwood Baptist Church in Norfolk, Alabama, Carolina, eight years old, seven, to be sure. But when I go back and I read some of those same verses now, because God showed me love and the love that he gave his only begotten son, I can read it back to my mother. formed against you shall prosper. When I read that now, as I'm battling certain things and up against certain things, I have a different understanding of it. So the word of God will meet you where you are in the moment that you're in and provide revelation, insight, wisdom, direction, strategy for that moment. So tap into the word. Another way you get known is by getting around other people that know you. That's why I'm really big on cultivating a healthy relationship community here at Activate. Because as you get around people that know him and that are seeing him, the power of saying it will become more inspiring and more powerful. And now you have people praying for you.
some people will speak a word to you because the Holy Spirit is operating in them. And then you know it to be true from God because he's able to communicate something to you and not to them back. So now you're getting more excited as you engage with other believers because the spirit is in them and the spirit is in you. And now you're connecting and it's a it's a way that we continue to get to know the creator. And as we do that, we become more like him. When we realize how much he loves us, we start loving more and more people. When we realize that he's given us for some of the crazy things that we've done, we may look so judgmentally at somebody that did something crazy to us. Amen. We can forgive them because he forgave us. So put it on. Get to know the creator. Become more like him. And then it says,
Nathan Lowndes is gone. We're not perfect. Understand that we're human, and somebody might not be operating in the spirit when they cut you off in traffic. Make allowances for that. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your heart. Not my phone, not Windows, not my wife. Let the peace of Christ. As we open ourselves up and receive Christ, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guards our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is what I need to be operating from all the time because my peace is chemical. My peace is dependent upon me right now. Is it Sunday or not? See, it depends on how things have been working in my life. But the peace of God is consistent. So I need to remain plugged into God all the time. Then it says, let's skip down to the last commandment. Because he literally gave us 15 things to do. 15 things. All you have to do is these 15 things. And then one of those are five step commandments. So goodness gracious. It goes to show that being a follower and believer in Jesus is not easy, right? But as we point out and we zoom out and we realize that most of us are just everyday people. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Who do you represent? When I don't see you in a church environment and you're just out having a conversation, with the waiter, the waitress, the cashier, or maybe at the grocery store, the man at the, 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 the thing, how are you conducting yourself? Because I look at you and say, oh, that's a believer in Jesus. Just by how they're treating people around them, that's a believer in Jesus. It should be obvious because a lot of these things that he's telling us to do, clothe yourself in this way. It should be obvious that you are a follower of Christ because I'm telling you. That's what he's saying. Put it on. We've got to put on everything else, right? You put on your Balenciaga, your Louis, your, your Calvin Klein, your Hermes, your whatever it is, Tory Burch ones. It's obvious that you value fashion. But are you putting on the tenderhearted? Can I, can I see that? Or do I just see Ronald Reagan? Some of us just get confused. Logan, Logan. Do I see Jesus in everything I do? This is what people should see when they look at you. Amen? So that's how we navigate God's word, and that's how we navigate in life as well, right? We navigate it daily. We do it with intentionality. We do it surrendered to God, submitted to his word. We do it individually because some of the stuff I have to go to Jesus on my own. But also collectively as a body. Healthy community. And at the end of the day, we do it understanding that our real life is already sealed and hidden in Christ Jesus.
Thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast. We pray that this message has blessed you. Be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms and visit our website at activateministries.org to find out more ways on how you can partner with us. Any prayer requests, testimonies, or just to say hello, email info at activateministries.org. Let's activate.